Well, this isn't the way uh, we wanted to start the first LOTL Browns postgame show. Actually, let me get the name right. The Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show presented by LOTL. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we were hoping it was going to be more celebratory today, but we can't control the way the team plays. So uh, this is Dan uh, here along with uh, Steve. Steve, thanks for joining me. Not a problem, Dan. And we are here giving our almost instant react to the Browns' 43-13 to loss on opening day 2019 to the Tennessee Titans. Yes, folks, the curse of opening day has struck once again. Uh, the Browns' record in, well, in all games since 1999 isn't even that great, but on opening day it's been particularly bad, and... No. I, I don't. I don't even know why. I don't. Even, I don't know why I let myself think year after year. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. The Browns are going to win the opener. They're going to win the opener. They're going to win the home opener. It doesn't happen. And you know, I was not giving up on this one easy because last year, if you remember, they were down 14 going into the fourth quarter. They managed to come back and ended up drawing that game 21 all. But uh, man, against Pittsburgh, no less. Yeah. The yeah, closest we've ever come to winning an opener since the last time. When was the last time we did it? 2004? 2004. Yeah. Yeah. It was against Pittsburgh. Go figure. Uh, yeah, so Browns get utterly smacked today against the Titans. And it wasn't. It really wasn't, wasn't pretty at all. No. I mean, outside of the opening drive where the Browns went right down the field, scored a touchdown, you're like, okay, all right, this is going to be good. And then it, it should have should have been an omen. They missed the extra point. No, it just means that they don't have a kicker. Uh, they haven't had one, you know, didn't have one in the preseason. Um, they cut Greg Joseph. They decided to go with the rookie. But, uh, you know, today was not a day where it was going to be decided by the kicker ultimately. So, yeah. Uh, well, it what you know what it was decided by? It was decided by uh, the referees throwing those little yellow hankies around the field. Seems like seeming like all day. Eighteen penalties for a hundred and eighty plus yards today. Are you kidding me? The most penalties uh, in an NFL game by a team since nineteen fifty one. I knew yeah. it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Yep. So that was a graphic they threw on the screen. It was just—it's just so deflating and depressing because the city was just humming today. I mean, there were people parked outside of the Muni lot waiting to get in at 3 p.m. yesterday. The anticipation for this game—it was probably more than any Browns game I've seen in my entire life. People literally had this date circled since right after the the previous season had ended. And just, if you walked outside, as early as 11 a.m. today, you had people setting up, you had all the the grills were going, the tailgates, uh, for all the people that were not at the stadium, obviously. And if you you were not glued to your television while the game was going, I mean, I'm just watching it, I'm at home. And I'm hearing shouts from down the street yeah. you know, when the Browns scored the first drive or when they would make a good play on defense in yeah. the first or second quarter. You know, people just wanted so much for this day to be celebratory yeah. and, and to, for this to be you know, the team getting off on a good foot to start the year. And 
you know, obviously the, the Browns, I mean, we'll get into it, but it looked they looked like a team today that wasn't prepared, that wasn't disciplined. They looked like a team that had been wa- reading all of their own press clippings for the last few months. <sighs> Freddie Kitchens, man, you, you got to get it. You got to get in shape. This this yeah. is this is awful. A very dubious debut for the uh, Browns' new uh, head coach, to say the least. Um, I mean that's that's a direct reflection of coaching when you have that many penalties, and it's not even it's not even that many penalties. They they I want to I want to I'm not sure what the exact number was. I know it's at one point in the game. I think in the third quarter, they had five personal foul penalties against them. Five. They had a player ejected because he drop kicked another player in the head. Our left tackle, which don't get me started. He got him right in the face too. He had better form than the WWE <laughs> superstar. Yeah, exactly. But we, you know, we offensive line was already the question of the team, and then your left tackle goes and gets kicked out of the game because he kicks somebody in the head. And one one of the things I noticed, which I thought was interesting. Um, and if you look back and you watch the game back, was the Titans had a game plan of not necessarily what they were going to do on the field. The Titans were talking trash from the minute the game started to get under the Browns' skin. Because the Browns were the hyped-up team who were perceived to just walk into the stadium and you know be able to get a win you know without... Much difficulty. That's what everybody thought. Well, you could see after the Browns started having some difficulty in the first quarter after that first drive, there was a lot of chirping going on from Tennessee. And I think that's what started a lot of, especially the personal foul penalties. Obviously, not. I'm not, I'm not excusing any of them. They're all ridiculous, especially Greg Robinson's. But uh, you could definitely tell that the Titans, one, part of the Titans' game plan was to get under the Browns' skin as far as, uh, you know, jawing at them. And, and the Browns didn't re- obviously didn't respond to that very well. Well, if it was a gambit by Mike Vrabel and his coaching staff to try to beat the Browns between the years, then it was it was very successful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just as you said, Dan. Uh, one thing that might perk up our spirits a little bit here, um, the game between the Indians and the Twins has just gone final. The Indians have won 5-2. to two. Uh, Brad Hand, as typical, guts the first two guys out in the ninth and then hits a batter and then walks one, but he gets it done. So uh, Indians win 2-3 of three in that series, which is good. Unfortunately, it looks like the Rays have swept the Blue Jays and the A's are about to sweep the Tigers. So I guess you couldn't say that neither of those were unexpected. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the Indians have put themselves now in a situation where they have to scoreboard watch, even when they win. So, you know. They get another shot against the Twins this coming Friday through Sunday. We just got to hope they drop a few games before they get here. Yeah. But, alas, uh, yeah, uh, not a good day down at First Energy Stadium whatsoever. Uh, I will say the field looked really good. Shout out to uh, my, uh, my employer, Field looked really good. The paint looked great. The end zones looked great. It's about the only thing on that field that looked good today. The field did look really good today. The double-toned grass and the 
end zones and stripes <coughs> is pretty nice. It's like the, the groundskeeping staff at least had a plan and executed today, unlike the team. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, let's just kind of go through the stats of uh, today's game. Uh, and then we'll go into the some of the key moments, and then we'll we'll look forward to uh, what the Browns have coming up. Uh, Baker Mayfield, twenty five of thirty eight for two hundred eighty five yards, one touchdown, uh, but he threw three interceptions all in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was sacked five times, and uh, had an overall QB rating of sixty four point one. What did you think of uh, Baker's performance today? You know, the really sad part about it is that um, this is one situation where the stats don't tell the whole story. Um, if you look to maybe about five minutes left in the third quarter, he was 20 of 27 with a touchdown for 250 yards and a touchdown. And he had no picks. Yeah. I mean, he was playing a great game up to that point. Yeah. I felt like he really started pressing beyond a certain point. I think it was 22 to 13 when he threw the first interception. It was right after the, the screen pass that he went all the way for the touchdown. And maybe mentally he started to think, okay, I got to start doing something spectacular if we're going to win this game because the defense doesn't have their house in order. And, uh, you know, I guess once you start, once you get into that mindset, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And I feel like that just wasn't, wasn't what he had to do today. So, yeah, but I, I thought it was interesting. You kind of highlighted it was uh, Baker uh, was very I thought was was very good given the circumstances of what was leading up to you know with the offensive line struggles uh, Greg Robinson going out they brought in his backup lamb he went out injured essentially right after he came in uh, Baker statistically you know obviously you could tell he was flustered um, he got sacked a few times in the first half uh, they got off schedule with the penalties I mean obviously any quarterback that's gonna you know, throw anybody off rhythm uh, when you're constantly going first and 20, first and 25, second and 20, third and 18. You know, um, that's going to be difficult. And I thought I thought what you said was, um, you know, the Browns, the Browns were down uh, 15 to six. They went right down the field, scored a touchdown, made it 15 to 13. The very next play from scrimmage, the Titans hit us for a screen play and go 75 yards for a touchdown to go up 22 13. And you said it. I, I thought Baker was like, uh, okay, well, uh, the defense obviously is not going to bring this one home, so I'm going to have to go out there and try and win the game for us. And you can definitely tell that at that point he forced it. Um, he was under siege, and you, you could tell he was throwing on the run, off his back foot a lot. Ball sailed. Um, you know, balls got tipped. He telegraphed a couple throws. That one, uh, which was the interception by Bayard, um, it was it was tough, man. It was it was tough. Tough to watch too. You know, Baker's an emotional guy. You know, you just you're down fifteen to six. You have a good drive, you finish it off, you put the ball in the end zone, you're feeling really good about yourselves. And then you get hit with a haymaker immediately right after that, and you're on the sideline and, you, and all you can think of is, Oh man, we gotta go right back out there and you know, get it right back again because you know, yeah. And that's outside your control, obviously. If you're yeah. quarterback, you don't play on defense. So To me, that was the backbreaker. Was, was, uh, absolutely. As we fought back into the game, got it to 15-13, to 13, you're thinking, okay, here we go. Defense going to get a little momentum. Crowd's going to get back into it. And then, boom, didn't even have the chance. First play, they caught us with a screen. And it's obvious that we weren't ready for it because, I mean, Derrick Henry wasn't touched. And um, the, other, the other indictment of... Kitchens, the coaching staff today, 
was the fact that the Browns just, once Baker threw the first interception, they just utterly capitulated. They 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 had no fight whatsoever left. Yeah. The Titans just absolutely destroyed them once they were. I mean, th- there was no resistance on the Titans' last three scoring drives at yeah. all. I mean, they just completely gave up, and that is very very. I can't say the word that I want to say right now. <laughs> um, come on, guys, really? Yeah, you know, like you're all paid professionals. Like this is you can't do that at this level. These nuts. Um, yeah, just to move on for Baker, go through a little bit more of the stats here. Nick Chubb, 16 carries, 74 yards for an average of 4.6. I mean, you know, you can't, I mean, he didn't play bad, but he was pretty much a non-factor. Uh, sad thing is that all the first and 20s and second and 20s, you know, probably prevented him from getting more carries. Right. Yeah, right, absolutely. To force the but, game plan to be more passing more. Yeah, well, and the fact that we were playing from behind the whole game. That too. So, um, yeah, it, he didn't he didn't have a bad game. You know, statistically he was all right. Four point six yards. You'll take that at any time. But um, he really didn't have an effect on the outcome of the game. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s Browns uh, debut: seven catches, seventy-one yards. Pretty pedestrian, especially for him. Jarvis Landry really didn't get into the game until that. Uh, that third quarter drive when we made it 15-13, he had a 34-yard uh, uh, catch down to the three-yard line before we uh, punched it in. Rashard Higgins, couple catches. David Njoku, four catches, 37 yards. I think that's going to probably be a uh, steady line for him this season. So I, I was just, I, I was just absolutely flabbergasted by the amount of, especially on defense, the amount of head scratching penalties we had. I mean, it was it was it was roughing the passers. It was our I thought our secondary played one of the worst games I've seen a secondary play in a long time. You need to cover. I mean, you just can't. pass interferences on defense, holdings holding on on, on defense in the secondary. Uh, they got crushed by uh, AJ Brown, the rookie receiver from Ole Miss. He had three catches for a hundred yards. Um. Obviously, the screenplay to Derrick Henry, but Marcus Mariota, 14 of 24, 248, three touchdowns, no picks. If you go back to the first half of this game, there were some throws where the receiver was away from the nearest defender and Mariota didn't make the throw. Agreed. I yeah. mean, so I hate to say it could have been worse, but it could have been worse. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Um, I, I was saying, you know, we were, we were talking about it at halftime. I was watching it with my family uh, at my parents' house. And I was talking about it with my brothers, uh, especially at halftime. Like, if the there, there's there was the most frustrating part of the f- game going into the second half was there was not one thing Tennessee was doing that uh, made you think, hey, you know, they 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 should win this game. Everything was what the Browns were doing: stupid penalties, stupid play calls, stupid decision making. Um, you know, it it just it wasn't. Yeah, the Titans really did. I mean, they did. They basically took what was given to them. They they executed well, especially in the second half. But like, you never got the idea that oh, they're a lot better than we thought. Yeah, no. they they really are like a probably a five hundred team. They're there about. I mean, I think I forecasted seven and nine for them this year. 
maybe that'll be eight and eight now because I didn't think they were gonna win this one. But right, you know, it's, I mean, time will tell on that one. But you know, the NFL likes to match up teams that are usually pretty close to each other in the standings from the year previous in week one. Um, hence why they had this kind of a matchup. If you look at the rest of the board, you have you know games. Yeah, the Sunday night game tonight is between Pittsburgh and New England. Uh, oh. You had the Rams play the Panthers today, so that was a good versus good. But you got 49ers versus Bucks going right now. That's bad versus bad. So it makes it hard if you're in a survival survivor pool. You know, often week one is a is a graveyard of misses. wait. Did you say the Sunday night game is Pittsburgh and New England? Yes, it is. Looks like I'm going to bed early tonight. God forbid I watch Pittsburgh and New England. You're not going to get any rating. They're not going to get any ratings on NBC out of this market. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The ratings would be through the roof if Antonio Brown was allowed to play for the Patriots. Oh. <laughs> well, Josh Gordon is playing. Ugh, gross. What a bad. I, 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 I'm almost at a loss for words right now. I'm so depressed. Mm. Forty-three yeah. to thirteen. Burn, oh. the, burn the tapes. Go on to yeah. next week. Bury that's, the ball. That's really, I mean, we know, well, we think we know that the Browns are not actually this bad. Oh, if they are, God. then, well, <laughs> we just... I might stop watching the NFL. Then sports will pretty much end with the Indian season this year and then uh, not pick back up again until April. Let's just hope that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, real quick... Uh, before we get into um, what the Browns have coming up next week, do you want to run through the uh, other games that either are final or are in progress? Indeed. So, again, going back to Thursday night, Packers defeated the Bears 10-3. to uh, What an ugly game that was. Oh. It was. If you're if you're in Green Bay, you're just happy you're 1-0 and you just move on. Um not feeling good for Mitchell Trubisky in the Bears offense. You know, that's a guy, you know, he's a local kid from Menor. You'd kind of hope that he succeeds. Bears aren't going to directly hurt the Browns direct, you know, playing against them very often because they're in the other conference. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, not a good night for them. Um, Chiefs 40, Jaguars 26. Um, Jaguars supposedly good defense got roasted by the Chiefs today. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not too surprised by that. The Chiefs look awesome. Anybody's defense is going to get roasted by the Chiefs. Yeah. And, uh, Vikings 28, Falcons 12. Um, Minnesota is one of the teams I think is going to be very good this year. So some of the national folks don't really agree with that. They looked very good today. I agree. I agree with that. I think I think they're I think they're a dark horse. I don't know if I don't know if I necessarily consider them a Super Bowl contender, but I definitely think they're a, a dark horse. Uh, for the NFC North, yeah, I do have them winning the NFC North. It was, uh, it was down. There's a three. It's gonna be a good three-way race there, but I have Minnesota. Which is, which is something. At the end of the episode here, we're gonna go through and we're gonna um, kind of talk through uh, your piece on lotlpodcast.com. Ah, excellent. Uh, Bill seventeen, Jets sixteen. Kind of a pedestrian game between two pedestrian teams. Buffalo yeah, that's comes a, out with a victory there. That's about what you'd expect for the Bill for a game between the Bills and the Jets. Yeah. Ravens 59 oh, Dolphins boy. 10 you know I 
Twelve-year-old me would be crying right I, now seeing that score. I, I, I said it right before we started recording. I think there's a very real chance that the that the Dolphins uh, are the next team to go zero and sixteen. Oh man, they. I really do. They are bad. Yeah, I certainly hope it's not the opposite and that the Ravens are that good. I, because otherwise we got bigger problems besides yeah. what we have here. Right. Um, Eagles thirty-two, Redskins twenty-seven. What a weird game. Because this game started out with the Redskins looking like they were going to blow the doors off of the Eagles. I they were up 17 nothing at one point. 17 nothing, yeah. And yeah. it was 20-7 to in the third quarter, I think. And the Eagles just came out. I don't know what Doug two, Peterson told his team at halftime, but boy, well, they got they two deep balls great. to Deshaun Jackson, which, Oof. which great, Deshaun Jackson. You're going to do this in week one. I have you on my bench. Ah. <laughs> Which means you know what's going to happen is I'm going to be an idiot and I'm going to start him next week and he's going to catch two passes. You know, he is one of the hardest guys to play for fantasy because he is totally boomer bust. Yeah. yeah. But Eagles come out with a victory there. Uh, probably the best game of the day so far. Rams 30, Panthers 27. Yep. That was a good game. And the Rams pull out the victory on the road. Uh, these are two teams that I think are both going to be division winners this year. And uh, I didn't see anything in that performance by either team to leave me otherwise. Uh, going on to the 4 o'clocks right now. These are games in progress. Chargers 17, Colts 6. That's in the third quarter. Um, you'd expect the Chargers to win that one, and they're winning it right now. Uh, they're just going to half in Seattle. The Bengals are actually winning over the Seahawks 17-14. to 14. Interesting. Oh yeah, that that'd be the cherry. That'd be the cherry on the cake. <laughs> yeah, the cherry Bengals on the go Sunday. Freaking Seattle and is somehow if, win. Is if, you know the Ravens. Obviously, we knew the Ravens were going to beat the Dolphins today. But if the Bengals go to Seattle and win, and then the Steelers somehow win tonight in Foxborough, and we get our asses kicked. Oh, not uh, it's never good when when all the other teams in the division win. It's even worse when they win in places like Seattle and Foxborough. Yeah. Right. But I, I'm let's not count our chickens here. I mean, yeah, there's I there's a lot of football still left to be played before that happens. Cowboys are ahead of the Giants, fourteen to seven. That's late in the second quarter. Also late in the second quarter, Buccaneers seven, Forty Nine ers six. That's another one of those prison inmate games that you often get in Week One. Lions seventeen, Cardinals zero. The Cardinals are probably the NFC version of the Dolphins. They are terrible. They're pretty bad. And if you're losing at home by 17 of the Lions, that kind of shows that. The only the only thing I would say for the Cardinals is at least they have in in their losing, they at least have something to that they're looking forward to. Uh, Cowboys just scored another touchdown. Oh, 21. Um, 20 to seven Cowboys. At at least they have something to look forward to with Kyler Murray. The the Dolphins are just out in the desert. With oh, no, they're 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 looking quarterback with the first pick next year, no doubt. Yeah. Tua. That's what they're looking. They're tanking for Tua. That must be their head. Their slogan here. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, Steelers Patriots is the Sunday night game. Monday night tomorrow, we've got a doubleheader: Texans versus the Saints is the early game, and then Broncos Raiders the late game. Um, I can't wait to see what's going to go down in Oakland. They, I don't know if it's just Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown, or if that organization is just as dysfunctional as it was when Al Davis was still alive. Right. I think it's a little combination of both. I think Antonio Brown's a nut job, but I also think that the Raiders are completely inept. So, all right. Well, that's that's what 
that's what the action is as it stands. Um, it's uh, interesting to see some of the matchups. I know you said really wasn't many surprises. I know the Bengals winning in Seattle right now is a bit of a shock. Well, that would be a very shock, shock. If it holds up. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, nothing obviously is depressing as what the Browns put on display today. I mean, nationally, that is the eye-popping score of the day. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, I mean, there's going to be people nationally in the next few days who are probably just saying, ah, look at that, the Browns, same old Browns, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Write them off. Colin Cowherd to name one. I I don't think you can come to that conclusion after after one week. Yeah. But, yeah, no positives today. They they just got to get back into the – what they're gonna do and, and fix this? You think it was? You think it was just a uh, situation of them um, believing too much of their own hype, overconfidence, or do you think that this undisciplined, penalty-riddled game uh, that they played today is going to be a uh, sort of a pattern throughout the season? I certainly hope not. I mean, I I don't think that was a thing last year. I mean, dare um, I dare I say, this was as I mean I can't remember. This was as bad or worse than any game that Hugh Jackson's coached for the Browns. Hugh Jackson coached a lot of bad games. I mean, seriously, I don't know if yeah, well, make that well, but when was the last the the Browns hadn't been outscored by thirty since Johnny Manziel was quarterback in twenty fifteen, which was before Hugh Jackson. Uh, no team in the NFL has committed as many penalties as the Browns did since 1951. So, I, it was pretty bad. Yeah. There's no debating that. But uh, Still glad know, Hugh Jackson's not here. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, I would rather, I, I think, uh, I would rather have anybody else coach the Browns right now than Hugh Jackson. Um, so, this brings me to... Uh, Week two, the Browns are going on the road, Monday Night Football, against the New York Jets. Is Important game for both teams. Both is, teams lost today. Is it a must win for the Browns? Call me nuts. I think it is. because I'm not going to call next, you nuts. I completely agree with you. you look at the teams that they have to play in, in the next month and a half where they have to play Seattle, they have to play the Rams, they have to play the Patriots. I mean, if you start 0-2... I'm sorry, but you're not looking at any better than three and five at the halfway point. Right. I mean, you're just not. And you know, could you still rally and make the playoffs from there with the schedule they have? Looking at the second half schedule, they could. But you don't want to put yourself into that position. No. Well, you you yeah, you'd be looking at having to for sure run the table in the division at that point. Wow. And then I think if the Browns run the table in the division. They will probably make the playoffs regardless, unless if they just like don't be anyone else. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's boy. I mean, I think you, I think you did bring up a good point there, Dan. The division games really are critical. Yeah. Um, they're they're the chance you have to directly hurt the opposition, or for them to directly hurt you. Yeah. And Twice. Yeah, two uh, two times in the season. Right. And you only play sixteen times. That's really something huge. Yep. So. I mean, those are the most important games ultimately, but you're not going to see any of the division teams for a while. So you don't want to put yourself 0-2, 0-3 before you even get there because then you really have a mountain to climb. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think it's a must-win for the Browns next week. Uh, number one, just for their standings. Uh, you know, how many times do teams start zero and two and come back and make the playoffs? It's not many. It's like something really low, like ten percent, twelve percent. And and just to ease the pressure. I mean, if the Browns start zero and two. I mean, you know, the national media is already gunning for them. They were before this game. Now they're really going to come after him uh, for this game. Like, oh, you know, you got hyped up so much, and this is what you come and show us. Um, and then if you go 0-2, you're going to be on a national spotlight, Monday Night Football. Everybody's going to be watching that game. And if you go down to 0-2, I mean, that's really going to start putting the pressure on. I think it's a stretch to say that everybody's going to be watching a game between the Browns and the Jets. But well, the I, point remains. I mean, I mean, it's, it's it is a the, nationally televised game. It's it's going to be the only game on. True. And I know Monday Night Football is not what it used to be, but still, it'll be the only game. And on. And, and you gotta be right. It's right back to it. The next week, you're playing on Sunday night against the LA Rams. Tuh. So, yeah, which is an arguably even bigger game. So yeah, it is what it is for sure. Absolutely. All right. So before we. Uh, before we wrap up and get out of here, I just want to uh, take a little bit of time and talk about your piece that you wrote for uh, LOTLpodcast.com. Just kind of an NFL preview uh, going through and uh, just get kind of your predictions and see if uh, any of those predictions have changed now that, well, we're not totally through week one, but about you know half the games have been played and a good portion of them are in progress. A good portion of the other ones are, are in progress. Yeah, so I did have the Browns winning the AFC North. Um, I'm not going to jump off of that prediction after week one. Um, obviously, what we saw today was fugly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep the faith for now. I'm, I'm not going to do anything crazy there. If you look at the – we'll go around the other divisions here. Obviously, the Patriots are going to run away with the AFC East. That's, yep. that's That division has been a joke for the better part of a decade and a half. and. You know, it is what it is. Especially now that Antonio Brown is there. Um, nothing more to say there. AFC South was actually one of the more interesting calls I had to make. I actually went with Jacksonville. Which, I see that. Which is, cause I didn't feel very good about, uh, it was probably going to be Indianapolis, but then Andrew Luck decided to retire. Yeah. So I actually have them, I think I have them finishing in the basement now. Interesting. Because, because of that. Uh, I just don't believe in Jacoby Brissett at all. Um, Titans, I think I had them in the middle, and I had Houston. You know, Houston, they're the other team that could conceivably win the division. They, I believe they're defending AFC South champ, but uh, I don't know. I no. guess I'm not... Wait, yeah, yeah, they are. I, I guess I'm just not as big a believer in Deshaun Watson as some. Um, I know their defense is okay, but I don't know. I, 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 I just think they're going to have a hard time, uh, and, and we saw it today with the Browns, I, I just think they're going to have a hard time protecting him. I mean, their offensive line. I mean, well, they traded for Laramie Tunsil from Miami, but uh, their offensive line, especially the last few years, has not been good at all. I think the team with the best line that can run the ball and play the best defense is ultimately going to win that division. I think that's Jacksonville. So uh, you look at the the West. I, I made another interesting call here. I, I actually went with the L.A. Chargers over over the Kansas City Chiefs, mostly because I think they're a more balanced team. I think they run the ball very well. I think Phillip Rivers is still a very good quarterback. Uh, the Chiefs' defense just isn't very good. Uh, they have an True. incredible offense. But the games where they get out there and they either make mistakes or they're just not clicking for some reason, those are the games they're going to get beat. 
because yeah. the defense isn't very good. Right. So that was a tough call there, but uh, I feel like some folks would be like, what? How could you not pick the Chiefs? But, <laughs> but I'm going with the Chargers. I think they are very talented on both sides of the ball. And then uh, who are your wild cards? In the wild cards, I had Baltimore as one of the wild cards, and I, well, I Kansas City, obviously, was the other wild card. Yeah. Wow, so you you had the Steelers out of the playoffs. Yes. Pittsburgh is not going to – I had them finishing third place. So I love it. Yeah, because you have the Ravens in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Ravens second. Yeah. Um, so seeding-wise, you have the Patriots and the Chargers getting first-round buys. Yes. Uh, you have the Browns as the third seed, Jacksonville fourth. Those are the other two division winners. Yeah. And then Chiefs fifth, Ravens uh, sixth. That's correct. So you'd have Browns hosting the Ravens in the wild card yes. round. Woo-hoo, boy. That would be interesting. Now, if you thought that we were waiting on today, get ready for that. If that were to happen, a playoff game at home, Yeah. oh my goodness, you'd have people... You said people were out there since 3 o'clock yesterday, and this was when it was, you know, 72 degrees and, you know, nice out and everything. You know, in January, people want to do that. It's going to be probably 15, 20 degrees outside and snowing, but they'll do it anyway. Right. And, they'll, in fact, they'll be out there on Friday. Oh, my Guaranteed. gosh. As soon as they get out of work on Friday, they're just going to stay out there the whole weekend. I'll be out there on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um. Moving to the NFC. Yeah. Um, we got the so NFC here? I've, I've got the Eagles winning the East. Um, I looked at Dallas a little bit, but I was like, eh. You know, maybe I have a little bit of bias on this one, but I, I went with Philadelphia. I think they're loaded. Yep. Uh, South. Huge caveat there, though, because they don't have the Nick Foles backup plan, and Carson Wentz got to prove that he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's true. That's but very true. you can say that with any NFL team. If your franchise quarterback goes down, you're screwed. So. Pretty much. And there's very few ca- – I mean, you had – Philadelphia, I guess, was the exception to prove the rule when they won the Super Bowl, but you you don't see that very often. Right. Even in college, it doesn't happen. You know, Ohio State was a national champion when they they had Cardale Jones, but even at that level, it doesn't happen very much. It, NFC South was maybe the most difficult call I had to make because you, New Orleans is good, Atlanta is is looking to get back into it, and Carolina. A lot of people are not looking at, but I feel like I'm, I kind of went the same way I did with the AFC West. I think the, the Panthers are the most balanced team in the division. They play the best defense out of the, out of the three. So I ended up going with Carolina. Um, I had New Orleans finishing in second, finishing with the wild card. And Atlanta, I think I finished third. I'm actually not even entirely sure if that's what I did. Yeah, did, did I have Atlanta? You have Atlanta uh, making have Atlanta. the wild card, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that those two I went eeny meeny for a while, and I think it just has to do with the Atlanta fact that, had about as good a showing as the Browns did today. You no, know, they didn't play well today. You know, I figure Minneapolis is not an easy place to win. Right. But, uh, you know, they'll they'll have to figure it out. New Orleans. The thing with New Orleans is if their defense is forcing turnovers, they're a great team. If they're not, then their defense just sucks. Right. And. I don't know. I just don't think Luck's going to be on their side this year. Alrighty. Um, NFC West, that's an easy one. Rams are going to run away with it. Seattle might get themselves into the wild card picture, but uh, Cardinals and 49ers are both terrible. 
And then NFC North was last. That was I mentioned that earlier. That's an interesting three-way race. This time I didn't go with the team with the best defense because I think the Bears' offense is just not anywhere near as good as the Vikings or the Packers. So I ultimately went with Minnesota on that one. So you've got Rams 1, Eagles 2 getting the buys from the NFC. Minnesota and Carolina, the other two division winners. And then Green Bay 5th, Atlanta Six sneaking into the last wild card spot. So, given through all that, let's go. Uh, who's going to make the championship games for you in the NFC? I gotta even think about this, but uh, NFC you have. Uh, I had Philadelphia Eagles and Rams. And I had the Rams, and on the other side it was. The Chargers and the Chiefs. I actually had the Patriots losing at home in the first playoff game, which wow, that was a nausea-inducing choice, and it's an even more nausea-inducing choice now that Antonio Brown is suiting up in Foxborough. <laughs> that almost has led me to just completely blow up the whole thing and say the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. But I'm I'm sticking to it right now. I don't think the I don't think the Patriots are repeating. So. So you, you have the Eagles and the Chargers in the Super Bowl. You've got the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I feel pretty good about oh, those. big those shock there. I, I do. <laughs> I think the Chargers are underrated, and the Eagles, I think, are just I think they're just that good. I think uh, it's going to make for a great Super Bowl. It's going to be a if – it's, if that's what happens, it's going to be a very interesting Super Bowl in the Stefano household because my brother, Matthew, is a Chargers fan. And my dad obviously is from Philadelphia and is an Eagles right. fan, so that's that's going to be a little case of house divided. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. So, anyway, uh, yeah, we just kind of went through the predictions. Steve's got a long write up uh, in the article, um, so go on to ltlpodcast.com and check that out. Give it a nice read and uh, let you know what you think. Let you know if Steve's crazy with his predictions or if you agree. And uh, we will talk more as we go through the season and see how, just how correct uh, his predictions are. So uh, that is pretty much going to do it for us. Um, again, we were hoping to be a celebratory inaugural episode of the postgame show. But again, we can't control what the team does on the field. It so. can't get any worse than this. Yeah, it can only go up, you, well, you would think. You would think can only go up from here, but we're Browns fans, and we know that that's not that's not always the case. So uh, appreciate you guys listening. Keep the faith. We hope that it's going to get better with a Monday Night Football win next week against the Jets because the Jets are really bad. <laughs> I don't know they lost today, so I feel like I'm at a loss. They're for they're, words. they're the same. They're they're only one just like us. Doesn't matter if you lose by one or by right. thirty. Right. You know. I feel like I'm just at a loss for words right now. I don't know what I just watched from one to four thirty, but <laughs> it's just, you build it, it was, up. It was good until about one fifteen. <laughs> I mean, you build it up, you build it up, you build it up. You know, all the acquisitions, all the talent we have, like all this, all the goodwill, all the all the hype, all the all of this, and then poop sandwich all over the field. Just unbelievable. Oh, well, anyway, we will be back uh, 
Actually, we won't be back next Sunday because the Browns have a game on Monday Night Football. So Next Tuesday? We will be back probably next Tuesday with an episode of the Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show presented by LOTL. And we will catch you guys next time. So, Steve, thank you very much for being here. Uh, we hope to have uh, our good friend Matt, who's also in our text chat during Browns games. Um, he was unable to join us this week, but hopefully he will be with us in the coming weeks. And, uh, yeah, see you guys next week. Uh, also, all, as always, tune in to Living Off the Land. Episode 74 coming up uh, will drop uh, this coming Friday morning. So be on the lookout for that, and uh, we will uh, catch you guys next time. Got anything else? It's over. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye.